1: You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network, with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli.
2: Welcome back everyone, it is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 114, today is Thursday, August 24th. We got a great show ahead, as we are personally in our own head-to-head playoffs, Steve and I, so we will be talking about players who can win your head-to-head playoffs. Going to be a great show, very relevant this time of year. Guys that are, you know, mid-roster rate and definitely lightly rostered. Of course, we'll look at schedules as well, as that's always key this time of year when it's, it's not much farther beyond what can you do for me in the next week, so... Uh, very excited to have you guys with us, especially this late in the season. I'm Van Burnett, joined, as always, by Steve Giswelli. You guys can follow us on Twitter, at WinsAbovePod. I'm at Van underscore verified. Steve is at Stav8818. Steve, talk to me, man. How's the home league going? Uh, the grind of the regular season for us is over, and now we're in playoff mode, man. Love to see it. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's good. Um, it's, it's a stressful, exciting time of year. Yeah. Um, We've had some drama in my home league and my one head-to-head league that I'm in. Oh. Um, first of all, we we normally uh have two-week playoff matchups for the semifinals and finals. It was accidentally set to two-week matchups for this first round too, so essentially <laughs> the, the the quarterfinals. Yeah. So we had a email fan tracks, they changed it to one week and now we're just ending a week late earlier like ending on the 24th of September which is fine like you're you're that last week is usually a debacle anyway with with players sitting maybe not as much in the last few years since rosters don't expand to um like whatever like the unlimited amount of rosters that you had now it's just one Mm -hmm. or two more roster spots so it's been a little better but we're able to avoid that there then we also had a rule that we voted on in March that passed where the seventh place team, which is the last playoff spot, went to the team with the highest roto points, not the actual seventh standing. Ah, And it passed. We just never formally <laughs> implemented discussed that. it and announced it and, you know, didn't remind everyone until like the last week and... You know it caused some drama but the rule passed and and we passed it and I don't, are you I don't know if not, I, I don't know if I you, No. you're not I commissioner uh I, I'm like deputy commissioner essentially okay. um, I've taken over a lot of duties that I just did on my own anyway um but you know um in practice I don't know if I would like that rule I think in head you need to separate church and state and head to head and roto like you know it I, I get why people do it in fantasy football, um, like the total points and everything like that. But
2: uh-huh.
1: it, it's kind of an indirect way. I, I get what you're trying to do. You're trying to reward the most unlucky team, right? Yep. Um, and the team that got in was a good team that was like fifth or sixth in, in Roto standings, maybe even higher, maybe fourth. So they were deserving, just a bit unlucky. But also in head-to-head, like, it's a weak matchup. It's not like football where it's just one day. Like you manage certain categories to win your yeah, categories, categories not for exactly. roto points yeah exactly so. so we
2: yeah we we do the same thing that my my uncle Ed shout out to uh, easy hitters he's the IT guy in our league it's what he does for a living and he crunches like a spreadsheet every week from Yahoo of who what your record would have been against yep. other managers all that mm-hmm. stuff like that and we always say the same thing where we're like go play in a roto league guys if you're looking into that because I'm benching. Pictures on Sunday if I got exactly, categories locked, exactly. so it's not apples to apples. But yeah, I've got the bye week for the first time in, in 22 years of our home league history. I have never gotten the bye with a one or two regular season finish. Uh, I have made the playoffs I think five of the last six years, so it's good to be back in the playoffs, but it is extra nice to have this week off to just kind of rest up. That said, uh, it's, it's kind of a nightmare. I added well, I had Musgrove, I had I traded for Carlos Rodon. He was injured. Musgrove was injured. Had Joe Ryan injured. So I've had the bug. And then I added Nick Lodolo thinking I was sly. And that was looking real good until he he had the setback and he's pretty much done for the year. So, yeah, it's just good, Steve, to hear that uh, we're in the hunt. And I don't think we need to yeah. spend much time on it beyond that. But we'll we'll recap in the off season because for those of you who have not heard Steve and I drone on about our home leagues, it's why we got into this in the first place. We got fantastic leagues. And honestly, I wouldn't trade a TGFBI or a Raz Slam for getting the title and the one that counts most for me. But Yeah, yeah. my
1: turf team has started to fall out, but I'll, I'll make that trade any day for my home league team, which has been yeah. hot the last few weeks
2: huh. I'm 14th and, in the overall for wrestling, which sounds great. But as you know, Steve, yeah. I was right yeah. up there at like number yeah. one, number two for a minute. So I was hoping I could make the cut, uh, which is top. I'm sure 10. you'll
1: like, I'm sure you'll make that trade off, though, too. Right. Oh, oh, oh Yeah. For your whole oh, yeah. League? yeah.
2: Yeah. So yeah. it'll be great Um, for those who remotely I, I'd care, rather have the we'll, we'll I'd rather have the clout
1: with my buddies than
2: uh than on Twitter. The industry. The, no yeah, course. exactly. So, Steve, we're looking at players who will win your head-to-head playoffs. Obviously, this is something near and dear to us right now. We all know what it's like to scratch and claw. We got a lot of guys to talk through, but give me a short synopsis of kind of process, what you're looking for when you do go out to the wire this time of year. What's, what's the mentality? What are some tactics? Yeah, we kind of
1: danced around this last week, right, with our you know, predict the, the hot, two months or, you know, month and a half, uh, players, uh, bold predictions for the last six weeks. Um, and that kind of spawned off this idea that, that you were throwing out. Um, and you know, in head to head, especially non keeper like these guys are the end all be all like you need to do everything that you can to roster the guys that have been super hot, the guys that are starting to show that they're going to be super hot. Um, Because that's it, like in in head-to-head too, like anyone from this point on, even if you're not in the playoffs yet, like if you're trying to fight to get into the playoffs, like anything is okay as far as moves, especially in non-keeper, head-to-head, where you just need to survive each week. Um, And there's a list of guys, um, some guys that are more... Are, are not widely available, but hey, in a keeper league, these are guys that you should target because they might not have the long-term value, but they're just guys that are winning your leagues right now yeah. currently. Great point. Or they might still be out there in, in 10 or 12 team le- leagues. Um, So we also have some deeper names too, which which I'm definitely excited about, which you should be able to go add um, in most leagues. But like... You know, if you want to trade, you know, uh, uh, I'm not saying trade, you know, uh, Jackson Churio or um, Jackson Holiday for a guy who is 35 but tearing the cover off the ball. But a mid-round pick, a, a top 20, anything beyond like a top 20 prospect, like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like those become coin like prospects become coin flips very very quickly like outside the top 5 to 10 names. So there, there should be a good list to target if you're still able to trade. I know a lot of trade trade deadlines are like September 1 in a lot of leagues uh, or like exactly when the playoffs start for head to head. So there's still some actual names even if the roster percentages are a bit high and then we'll also get into some names that you should be able to go out and just add for maybe some more established names too that you're you should you're you're fine to
2: drop uh, as we record this on August 23rd. Absolutely, I think zooming into kind of player strategy for me, I think there's also a balance of being realistic with what your team needs. Like you, you should have a good gut instinct on if you feel like you've got a title contending team, and if you do not, I think then you have freedom to go for guys who are a little bit more boom bust and really try to ride the hot hand and don't be so scared of kind of volatility in the profile. On the flip side, if you feel like you have a contending team and you're strong in a lot of categories, you might just need somebody who's not going to screw things up. So we'll talk about some guys in here that are a little vanilla, but ones that can be glue pieces, you know, when you're battling for average on a weekend and you see them go one for three, two for four, and you're just like, okay, that'll do. So, uh, we'll we'll talk about a variety of guys here, but um, generally looking, obviously at the the typical stuff we look at. Does it look good under the hood? Does some of the pitcher list sliders look good or, or savant? Uh, also, obviously looking at their their recency. You know, are they starting on a hot streak? Has the plate discipline looked better? And then, what's their what are their matchups look like in the next week? So we'll keep an eye on all that stuff. But without further ado, because we got a lot of names to get through. We're going to start with guys who are rostered a little bit more. So these guys uh, might not be available, but they probably should be rostered in almost every league. I think the first one, Steve, Marcel Ozuna, who is 71% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. I mean, this guy's been a top 10 player for the past month. Uh, Nine home runs, 20 RBIs, a three forty-three average, and an eleven twenty-one OPS for Ozuna. I know he had a dreadful first month of the year, but it seems like... Since then, he has been insane. And at this point, he's batting fifth in the best lineup in baseball. He's coming off three multi-hit games in a row. Um, yeah, what can be said about Ozuna? He's, did he have the—was it a grand slam, or did he just—no, he just went nuts with, with two homers. Um, yeah, so he homered again today as we record this on Wednesday. Just talk to me about Ozuna, Steve. Um, this seems like must roster in any format, right? Uh, yeah, we usually record
1: late on on Wednesday nights, so our stats are usually pretty up to date, um, but this is not for Rosina because he homered again, so it's 10 homers over his last 30 games. Um, just absolutely insane. And a great tweet from Kevin McAlpin on Twitter, that's his name spelled out on Twitter, uh, or X, if you want to call it that. I'm still refusing to, just like, you know, I'm not going to sure. call it... Uh, i tried it field or whatever it is yeah moving on Um, miller park and twitter yeah yeah exactly um but ozina in march slash april and this is from kevin on twitter um 18 games he had an 085 average one double two homers and a 397 ops um since may 2nd um 92 games he's hitting 291 with 17 doubles 25 homers now 26 um 65 RBIs now, and uh, it was a 921 OPS before you homered today. So, yeah, Ozuna's been absolutely insane for a while now. And the fact that he is available in 30% of Yahoo leagues is crazy. He needs to be 100% everywhere. And this is exactly the type of guy that, if you still are able to trade in like a keeper league, um, to go out and give a somewhat decent future asset for a guy who's just been one of the best outfielders in baseball, one of the best hitters in baseball uh, over the last 30 days.
2: Yeah. His, his barrel rates, his max EV looks as high as it's been in three or four years. Uh, The strikeout rate is palatable at 23.5%. It just makes you wonder for a guy like Ozuna, with the rate that he's on, like I know it's not this show, but we'll be talking in the off season. he's gonna be a tricky one to to nail down like how how high do we go because it seems like we've you know seen the name for forever since you know even the Marlins way back when just thirty two years old so uh yeah, very, very interesting with Ozuna and yeah, just not much to be said other than add him if he's available. Another guy that I think would fit into that category, and it's kind of on the the value All-Stars in a way, because we've been talking about him all year, Steve, and it's just gotten more and more legit, uh, and that is Kerry Carpenter, who continues to stay hot. In the past week, he has four homers, nine RBIs, a 1279 OPS, and he has eight homers in the past month. So he's just a shining example of when this, you know, the the underlying metrics get it right. Because in the first month or two months, you and I were kind of double-taking at some of his underlying stats and saying, man, like his stat cast data is off the charts. Is this guy going to be a legit p- power hitter? And now here he is, uh, you know, pretty much turning into a little bit of a league winner, batting cleanup. Uh, he's got a homer in four of his last five games, which is just nuts for Kerry Carpenter. So, Uh, We'll talk about the Tigers a little bit later. They got a light schedule down the stretch. And Kerry Carpenter is just 67% rostered. So more available than Ozuna. Similarly, on fire, I think it's a rush to add, right?
1: Absolutely. And shout-out to friend of the pod, guest of the pod, Alex Chamberlain, who had Kerry Carpenter in his bold prediction piece that he would finish as a top-30 outfielder. Um that might not be the case because he missed so much time with the injury, but on a per game basis, um, like a dollar per game on the Rasball player Raider, he is outfielder number 23. So right up there. And honestly, if he has another, um, insane month, like he has in August in September, like he's going to come close to that. Like he's got 20 homers already. Um, it's just insane what he's doing in such a limited amount of time. And, again, I'm probably more interested than him and, and Ozuna just because of like the age and mm-hmm. um, the underlying statistics that kind of show that, you know, Carpenter could be a good sleeper this year, like Alex correctly pointed out. Um, so next year I'll, I'll, I'll be in too, but I mean, you know, 20 homers in the basically 310 plate appearances. That's uh, a really good pace. I know it's not, The smartest to do the proration game but that's a 40 homer pace if he's playing a full year so um i I like a lot yeah and even
2: even last year 31 games he had six homers so you know he's been doing this for a while yeah right exactly so now like just career-wise 115 games 26 homers like this is 30 homer pop for sure and yeah like the expected batting average is in the the 270s. his actual clip is 288 on the season with an 899 OPS. So that's Kerry Carpenter and great matchups ahead. Uh, jumping over to his teammate we've been talking about both of them kind of hand in hand and Torkelson for the Tigers has also been on a tear. Uh, eight home runs in his past in the past two weeks, a 370 average and a 1460 OPS. Uh, he has gone a little cold the last couple games, 0 for 7, but yeah, before that, uh, you know, a binge of what, five, six home runs in a, a span of five games, so both of these guys hitting the cover off the ball. Um, thoughts on Torkelson, who himself has rostered 65%, about the same as Kerry Carpenter? I feel like
1: uh, there's been a lot of people, and uh, you and me especially, have been just waiting for Torkelson breakout to just happen, and it's started to look like it never would but you know he is a great hoomst stat cast uh, page player uh, game like for trivia Um, everything is bright red and it's just getting better and better over time like all of the rolling charts are just a straight mountain up Um, Scott Chu uh, of, of hitter list and hacks and jacks was basically just calling for Torkelson breakout and correctly he's been calling it for since spring training when his he his, his he got some decision values and saw that he started to swing at the right pitches and his power started to translate and it took it took some time I mean it's a tough ballpark to hit in especially in Detroit in April and May when it's not the warmest right um, but those who practice patience with him are, are reaping the results so. Um, this is another guy that I think is just like a, like a star hitter waiting to happen. He has a 950 OPS over his last 30. Um, I think, like, in his peak seasons, like, he can carry that over, over a full year. And as we get into his age 24, 25, 26 seasons, like, that's when this is going to happen. So I like Torkelson a lot for the rest of this season, especially with Carpenter, because we talked about and we'll talk about in a little bit. How easy this tiger schedule are is down the stretch um so these are great targets uh for now and for later torkelson like you know the the buy window in in dynasty is probably slammed shut with how good he's been over the last basically since the all-star break
2: for sure but still still a good target for next year because the average is still looking lower than it should on mm-hmm. the season line for torkelson he's in the 230s but yeah, I think he's he's definitely a 250 plus type of hitter. 263 um, XBA. And he doesn't strike out
1: that much. It's 24% over the last 2 years.
2: No, it's not bad and and uh, like just looking deeper compared to last year like what's changed. So, he's hitting uh, crushing, breaking balls and and off-speed pitches compared to what he did last year and and that's encouraging to just see him developing as a hitter. So, love Torkelson. Uh I think both of those, yeah, Torx traded out all the ten percent ground balls this year. He's traded out directly to to fly balls and a little bit to line drive. So, yeah, love everything that's going on with Torkelson. Both of those guys, uh, uh, Torkelson twenty three, Carpenter twenty five. They the arrow is pointing up for sure on their stock. So good ones there. Uh, not quite the the youngster. Uh, Wilmer Flores is a little bit on the other side of this where. We feel like we know who he is, uh, kind of the the super utility type that can help your team. Uh, but Flores has has also been terrific uh, for the Giants. Obviously, you can plug him in at a variety of positions, but uh, he's he's running hot in the past month. A, a nine twenty six OPS, three fourteen average, and five homers on the season. It's just been really solid with a three oh one batting average and a nine hundred OPS for Flores. So batting third every day for the for the Giants Steve I know it's not a name that that gets you as excited as some of the other ones it seems like the upside is kind of capped but what do you think about uh Wilmer Flores as as, you know a a guy who in a different way could could help you win your league
1: Uh, another shout out um this is the show of shout outs I guess uh Dave Sherman in the Pitcherless Discord throughout in, in trivia that this player batted three fifty three, .420, 624 over 193 plate appearances since June 1 um, and has 12 homers in that time and it was Wilmer Flores much to the shock of everyone trying to guess all these hitters who have been super hot um, since June and the one thing, yeah the, the 193 plate appearances over that time is a little light um, the Giants do a lot of mixing and take matching. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, he only has 95 games played out of what? Like, probably close to the 120, um, mm-hmm. 115 that they've, they've played total. So, he does sit from time to time. But, I mean, you'll take that when, you know, since June 1 you have an OPS over, uh, like, 1040, you know. Um, so, Wilmer Flores, it's just absolutely crazy uh, how good he's been. And he's still only seventy eight percent rostered at Vantrax, so that's probably even a bit lower in in Yahoo. Um, should have some good position eligibility, um, first, uh, third, and and second, depending on you know your league settings and in in five start or five appearance leagues, he's going to have first, second, and third, um, which is really nice. Um, not that you need another reason to roster were right out the the one of the hottest hitters in baseball since june 1st so um some some young names there specifically torkelson and carpenter and then some older names that you know are, are really good targets and maybe out there in like your 10 or 12 team le- leagues they should definitely be there and could definitely help you win your head-to-head playoff matchups
2: yeah he'll, he'll be he'll be another fun one it seems like he'll be in kind of the the grab bag just because of the fact that he's been kind of mundane for so long but like the launch angles is way up and I know he has pop-ups that are probably like skewing that but yeah overall like there's there's some interesting stuff I I certainly love that he just strikes out 14 percent of the time so I think kind of what we were talking about at the top of the show looking for glue guys I think more often than not you'll be happy that Flores is just kind of filling that utility slot for you if he's if he's out there in like a shallower league but uh, we'll, we'll round out with one last name and the first pitcher of the bunch of in this group of probably owned but also on fire and it's Cole Reagan Steve who wow the uh, the Royals have finally found one here and not screwed it up knock on wood uh, today uh, on Wednesday again as we record the six innings 11 strikeouts in the win granted at Oakland. Uh, But yeah, this was easily the best performance of the season for him. And now we're starting to look, I mean, we were talking with Schwebzy about who's the pitcher that's going to be the wide awake sleeper next year. We were throwing out, you know, Silseth, different names like that. This was the answer. This was the answer. Yeah. Okay. This was the answer.
1: Uh, And his five starts since coming over and, and, debuting with the with the Royals. He has 29.2 and he pitched 44 strikeouts in the 223 area. Like yeah, this is the answer. Like he is going if if he just does okay the rest of the season, like he is going to be the guy that shoots up um, you know, he'll start in drafts in October and November, you know, back end of the the last few rounds for 12 teamers and then like all of a sudden like he's like round 10 uh, by the time we're drafting in March. Um but going forward, if he is available, he shouldn't be. Um, his next two starts are at home, which is great for Kansas City, um, and they're both Pittsburgh and the White Sox. So um, you know, if, if you have Cole Riggins, he's been helping you, leading you to the head dead playoffs, and he will continue to help you, at least with those next two starts. So um, very excited to see what what he's going to finish with. I guess we also have to consider the fact that you know there has been some lighter opponents. I think the Mets he had eleven strikeouts versus, um, although they've been a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, that was Boston that he had eleven Ks versus uh, the last time out or or a few starts ago. Uh, struck out eight versus the Mets and then
2: nine Ks at the Cubs though. And they've yeah, been better. yeah, 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 so, yeah. Not nothing. Um, and
1: like Oakland has some guys. I know they're Oakland, but um, you know they have some some guys that that could hit a, a little bit at least slightly better than earlier in the season, but I, I can't really sugarcoat Oakland. It's like the easiest matchup in the league. So um excited about Reagans. Um uh, really am and and think it's going to be a special uh September for him.
2: Yeah, just thirty five percent rostered. I know some of those are crazy leagues, but crazy. yeah sprint out. This one is probably of all the names we the there, can there's like an
1: ace yeah, there's like an ace sitting on on the wire. At least he's been pitching like once since he's been in Kansas City.
2: Yeah, and a good, a pretty good depth of the pitch mix. It's not like he's just like a, a two pitch guy. He he leans on the fastball a lot, but it, it sits at ninety six point two miles per hour. Um, yeah, he gets good whiffs with it, and then change curve cutter. Like he he works in a lot of other pitches. Always always good when you see a Shane McClanahan similar pitcher yeah. comp. Uh, no matter. No matter who you are. So that's that's Cole Reagan's and I
1: think he hit one oh one today with his fastball. Oh my gosh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Six he foot did. four, twenty five years old. Like we're just seeing the we're seeing the ascent. So uh good for the Royals, good for managers that have him. And if he's out there, change that ASAP. So uh, we are going to get to another pitcher as we look at guys rostered, uh,
0: quite a bit less, but we're gonna take our first ad break. We'll be right back. dot com or Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Sign up with promo code PitcherList and get your first deposit doubled, up to one hundred dollars. Must be 18-year-older, 19-year-older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21-year-older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. In Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789.
3: When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's noo dot com to sign up for your trial today. All right, so Steve, uh, this one
2: is a, uh, is a personal interest of mine because I pulled the trigger in the home league and uh, went ahead and grabbed Ryan Pepio, who had a spot start, looked pretty good for the Dodgers. I know it's a name we've been talking about. Gosh, I'm trying to think of, uh, we talked about him as what on a prospect show with somebody mm-hmm. from, from pitchless It's it's escaping me now, but uh, he, he had the spot start and had five innings, five strikeouts, Just one walk, three hits, and then it was unsure when we'd see him next, uh, but it looked pretty good with uh, 13 whiffs and 75 pitches, so very good swinging strike rate there for Pepio. And in the minors uh, before that, had 11 strikeouts and uh, only one hit allowed, so he's been looking really good. He's a guy that the control has always been a little wobbly, but that's looked a lot better lately, and he's set to start. Thursday or today as you guys are listening to this in Cleveland. So if it goes well, I think the Dodgers could use the kind of every man in the rotation with Tony Gonsolin likely done for the year. Um, and yeah, I like a lot about Pepio Steve, but especially the, the fastball with the extension he gets is even more than, than Cole Reagan. So 90th percentile ex- extension, Still throws at ninety four miles per hour, so this is kind of that Logan Gilbert or uh, you know whoever, in, in terms of the fastball playing up with the extension. Freddie Peralta, another one. Joe um, Ryan, so, yeah, yeah, Joe Ryan. So I'm uh, I'm very interested here. Definitely behind a, a Cole Reagans, but one that I I could see helping with a lot if if the Dodgers give him a full run here.
1: Yeah, I'm really interested too. I, I was interested in him last year. I think maybe we talked with with Shelly uh, um, about him uh, in a prospect show. Um, not who not too the sure. First,
2: who was the first prospect guy we had on? And he, it's killing me, but he was with Pitcherless, but then he left Pitcherless shortly uh, after. It's
1: uh, it was. Um, God,
2: that's going to kill
1: Trevor, me. Huth, Huth. It Trevor, was Huth. Huth. Sorry, it was Trevor, Huth. Sorry, Trevor. Yeah, was
2: it was Huth. Trevor that was all about Pepio at the time. So that that might have been two seasons ago.
1: Regardless, uh, a yeah. great changeup. Interested in him last year. He just walked the world. Um, and I think they were giving Pepio to look uh, in spring, and then he got hurt and didn't have that great an outing. And it's been a small sample, but he's really fixed the walks. Um, in his 22 innings in the minors this year, just a 5.4% walk rate. Um, whereas last year um, in the majors, it was 16.9%, and then a concerning 9.8% um, in, in 91 innings in AAA in 2022. Um, we were interested because he had a 31% walk rate, but a uh, strikeout rate, but that walk rate really held him down. Um, and this year, it's still a good strikeout rate in the minors, 28%, and then just a 5.4 walk rate percent walk rate, a 1.99 walk per nine with that kind of stuff, that kind of uh, um, deceptive fastball, a really good changeup. Like, there, there is, uh, there's, there should be interest here, and, and it looks like there could be a run. I am wait, I was going to have you say, you know, I was going to say, talk me into adding him, uh, for a spot start, uh. In my playoff matchup, I think I'm going to do that. The only concern is um, the Dodgers game. As we record this, got suspended and is continuing um, tomorrow. So I want to see what the Dodgers do. Like sometimes, you know, teams mess around with their probable starters, especially a guy in a spot start like Pepiot. who was just called up from the from the minors uh, for this start tomorrow. So. But I'm really, I'm really convincing, yeah. Steve. Yeah. Here, yeah.
2: Here's here's my final sell. We get next week will be the the semifinals in your league. Is that right?
1: That is right. So Two next weeks, week but, yes. you got to
2: get through. Okay, so next week you got D-backs, but the following week he's got the Marlins. At least that's who he would line up for. Mm-hmm. So I like the tasty matchup there, but yeah, take it take it with a grain of salt. I'm rolling the dice and, and seeing what happens. Uh, We'll keep rolling here and and going from the young to the old, jumping over to Jose Quintana. And Quintana, since being activated, has looked really good. The strikeouts, per usual, are a little lackluster, but he's more of a ratio stabilizer. And up until today, where he got roughed up by the Braves on the road, but who doesn't, um, he's looked terrific. So if you can kind of give him a free pass on this one, and it starts before that, Uh, 41 innings pitched, just 30 strikeouts, like we said, but a 285 ERA. So, uh, Jose Quintana, Steve, anything here? Very available, just 23% rostered. Do you trust it?
1: So a quick note, um, some live information here on Pepiot. Um, The Dodgers will use the resumed game as a bullpen game. Then they'll get a 27th man added for the second game, and it'll be Ryan Pepiot, possibly with an opener. So he still should be the bulk guy. Um, that last start was with an opener where he went five innings pitch five K's. And I think he got the win, um, in, in, in that game. So it still should be a useful start for, even it might not be a traditional start for Pepio tomorrow, uh, or Thursday, as you listen to this today, um, for Pepio, um, Good
2: note. Good note.
1: transitioning to Quintana. Yeah. I think there's there's a bit of a useful pitcher here i know he was doing all right versus the braves and then kind of fell apart in like the fifth or sixth inning tonight um so those numbers aren't great but i mean he still had you know it was just five earned runs and five innings uh with five k's so um not like the worst blow-up start and you probably weren't starting him versus the braves anyway um if you do uh you know Good on you for for having those kind of uh, guts, but um, it's been a useful start. There's been a good, uh, a use, he's been a useful starter, like a, a 2.85 ERA and 41 innings pitched uh, since coming back uh, from the IL. Like you know that that that's going to do more harm uh, good than harm. Um, it was just one homer allowed heading into tonight, um, and then going forward, it's probably the Rangers next for him. But then it's um, Either the Nationals or Twins, and the Twins strike out the most in the league, so that could be a, a good start for him. Um, and then he should get the Marlins uh, down the stretch, as well as the Phillies, which isn't horrible. Um, but if a few of those are, are you know, more of those reverse the Marlins rather than the Phillies, like you'll take that. Um, and I think it could be at worst a, a, a good streamer um, that people might have forgot about because he was pretty good last year. Uh, he was on the Pirates and then traded to, He was it was the Cardinals where he had a nice run, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but he's yeah. quietly been a useful, old, boring streamer for fantasy.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Less old and way less boring, Graham Ashcraft has been on a roller coaster all year. We were in love coming out of spring. We were confused at the start of spring, and when the when the actual games that mattered started, and then he was really bad for a while, and it seemed like that's what we expected to happen. It's looked a lot better lately. The last forty innings, a two sixty eight ERA, a one zero two WHIP, and most importantly, on Tuesday, ten strikeouts and seven innings at the Angels. Ashcraft obviously has some stuff. I know he's popped up on Eno's uh, Stuff Plus model often. Um, He throws really hard, and it's just never translated to strikeouts. But here we see a glimpse of that very high ceiling when it all works out. Do we think that uh, Ashcraft is uh, finally kind of evolving into a bona fide stud here? I think he
1: might be tapping in to what the stuff should what the stuff has been saying the strikeout should be um, Pop on Eno's model he is the number one pitcher um, for stuff plus on Eno's model on Eno's model insane. it's him and then Spencer Strider and then Kyle Bradish which is actually an interesting name um, so yeah the raw stuff is really good it's been a crazy up and down season for him because like when he was good in april and start of may there wasn't really many strikeouts and like the fip and xfip and all the indicators rightly predicted that the era would you know have some regression and it regressed and then some right he was unusable uh, i think he was hurt or sent to the minors for a good portion of the season he's been like pretty good since he's come back um into rotation and what's what's encouraging is that you know you see some starts with seven k's eight k's seven k's ten k's like it, it might finally be starting to happen like this is the kind of guy that you you bet on when they have all the stuff it just you know sometimes guys need to learn how to sequence or you know uh how to get back into counts to to be able to strike guys out like Ashcraft has that total package because he also gets a ton of ground balls. Like if he's able to just carry over, you know, even like a nine strikeout for nine or like a 25% strikeout rate, which doesn't pop or isn't like the the 30% that we like to see with number one fantasy starters. Like it could be a, you know, Framber Valdez type of profile that, you know, Valdez for the most part is an SP1 because he gets so many ground balls and you know does okay with strikeouts like Ashcraft has the stuff he's able to get so many ground balls like uh I was in on Ashcraft before so it's not hard to convince me to to do it again right um so mm-hmm. uh it, it's down a little it's still 49% it's not like what we saw in the minors or the 55% we saw last year but hey that's still pretty good um and who knows maybe the, there's some room for improvement in the strikeout rate and the ground ball rate which you know that's that's what you dream on and you think you could have a a really good pitcher in there somewhere the stuff believes it so i do too
2: yeah like just look at, it's it's kind of tough to nail down exactly what's what's going on month over month like yeah he's he's throwing the cutter more the swing and misses have have gone up a little bit uh, but yeah, it must be like location based or, or, or maybe sequencing. It's definitely a going deep article uh, waiting to be written because it, it's tough to pin down. Like, it's not like the walks have completely uh, turned around in, in the three months that he's kind of broken out here. And the walk rate hasn't been awful in general. Like, you'd like to see it a little bit lower than 8.7%. But. Yeah, it's it's just tough to say like what exactly has led to this. So um,
1: yeah, there isn't like a crazy like oh that's what happened with the pitch mix sort of sort of thing. Like uh, yeah, I guess the the cutter usage has gone up and and that's become the primary or that's always been the, the the primary fastball, but he's thrown it more than 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 he has in the past. Like he's up to fifty. Five percent or fifty-four percent over the last two months with the uh, with the cutter. So there's a bit of a change there, but I mean that's what he was in April and May, and he wasn't getting the strikeout. So it's hard to to see what it is there. But uh, yeah, I'm a buyer yeah. of, of Ashcraft short term and long term. Like I would. So I would here's be a in tweet.
2: Yeah. Here's a tweet, Steve Corbin Young at Corbin underscore Young twenty one with base- baseball HQ. Uh, about a week and a half ago, can't quite figure out Graham Ashcraft outside of some luck factors, but he did at the end of this note that the the slider velocity averaged a career best in his Tuesday start, three miles per hour up. So maybe that slider velo is something to to keep an eye on that obviously can unlock a lot of strikeouts. so
1: the the velo on all of his pitches have have, have ticked up and the slider especially um, in Ju- in in July, it was at 87.8 in June. It's 89.4. So a tick of velocity on a slider. And, Eno Saras Saris uh, of The Athletic just mentioned on um, a race and barrel episode that, you know, uh, we overlook secondary velocity. It is just as important as fastball velocity. Um, so uh, an uptick on, on a slider could be the key. Um, and it's already uh, a, a hard slider, right? Like... I think there was also a quote from you know I forget who uh, it attributed it to, but that's where I heard it from. But like, basically, if you have a slider like over eighty-five miles an hour, like it's a good pitch. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, he's throwing it close to ninety miles an hour. That's like getting into, you know, the best of the best slider velocity. So um, yeah, that we'll that could that. be that could be it. That could be it. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I mean, all that said. We'll watch what happens the rest of the way because the the whiff rate on the slider, even when it's been up at 89 miles per hour, is just 28.8% on like the, the whiff percentage. And that's not elite for a slider. So more to come, but a very, very fascinating one. A uh, little bit less exciting just to keep us moving here, Steve, but Javier Assad for the Cubs. A uh, lot of local sports talk on Assad. Everyone's excited <laughs> about him. Not sure I'm buying it. Uh, Bulk relief turn starter. I think uh, you've trained me to be a stuffist and seeing that he's just got 10 strikeouts over his 18 in the third innings since he's been starting uh, with Stroman out and everything. The ratios have looked great. A 2.45 ERA and a .98 whip during that time. But again, just not sure I'm I'm chasing this one. Uh, Do you feel differently about Javier Asad?
1: I feel like he could be a useful... Innings ratio play um, okay.
2: Is the ground right. ball rate high, or like what are we liking? Like, why is why is this happening to him?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, um, and I probably
2: should be more prepared to, to answer
1: that. Other than <laughs> that, just didn't mean the to throw you on the spot. I'm just that, like,
2: you know, part of this yeah. is me, you know, always being a hater on the Cubs. You know, yeah, yeah, that's that's fair.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, the the ground ball rates. Okay, um, 46 percent, um, but I, I just think it's a solid innings sort of JP France light um, play for Javier Assad. I think there is some good matchups coming up. He has, um, I will tell you, as I pull it up right now, um, he is at Pittsburgh, um, which you probably do want to stream uh, this yeah. weekend, and then at Cincinnati, which you know you, you, you can skip. But Assad's the kind of guy that should be available in basically all leagues, and the results have been good. He throws decently hard. I mean, he struck out, um, you know, four guys in each of his last few starts. Um, Has two quality starts in the last three. Deep arsenal, like you, you know, sometimes like you know, you could, and that's this part of the year. Like I don't really care that Javier Assad doesn't have the strikeout stuff or an amazing ground ball rate or is a guy that I'm eyeing for, for next year. But what I do care about is that he's been solid and could be a good ratio play over the next few weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and has been so, um, yeah, it's not like the most convincing argument other than the fact that I think, uh, there, there could be some, some solid endings there. Um, well, yeah, yeah really, I mean, the really deep arsenals. Yeah, the results, the it, results. It's That's very, why it's yeah. very
2: Cubs-like of him, right? Like the the Kyle Hendricks of just like head scratching, good results. And I will say that the strikeouts have started to actually move in the right direction. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he's a pretty young pitcher and transitioning from elite relief to a starter, um, but the walk rate's still a little high. So yeah, just. I, de- I definitely think that stream against the Pirates, uh, see what happens and maybe hold on from there if it, if it starts looking better and better. Uh, but moving to a guy who has unquestionable stuff, Matt Brash, uh, yeah, kind of a Torkelson trajectory on the pitching side, Steve, where we were in love with Brash, and then uh, just very strangely the wheels came off last year. And now in the, the relief role, He's looked like a really reliable like setup guy. And now he starts vulturing some saves with Munoz kind of struggling. He's got two saves in the past week. And Brash, like we said, in terms of the stuff, it, it is insane. A 37% K rate. Uh, the whiff rates are off the charts for the slider. Um, so do we think this is the Mariners' closer? And is this like must roster at this point? I, I don't know if he's the managers uh, the Mariners closer, although
1: Munoz, I believe, did blow another save today, he gave up a run at least in two hits. Um but I think he's a must roster. Um in the last thirty days he has fourteen in his pitch, eighteen K's, three saves, you know, two of those in the last week, like you said. But he also has five wins. Like he is coming in at the time where the Mariners, like, take the lead or in a tie game, like he is high leverage guy and that's leading to a lot of wins and like even if he doesn't get saves which he still definitely will because Munoz is coming back from an injury hasn't been the absolute elite uh, Munoz that we've knew known in the past or seen in years past so there is definitely some opportunity for Barash to be either the full-time closer or at least vulture more wins and at the very least get you Solid ratios and a bunch of Ks from an RP slot, so I think Brash is a must roster in basically all formats.
2: Yeah, hard to argue. Um, And the Mariners, you can you can count on them to kind of mix it up as well. Like maybe just because they always win close games, but they they seem like they're one of the teams that won't won't have a a zero as their second closer. They're not afraid to
1: bring it. If Munoz was the full time closer. Uh, and, you know, he he basically is the closer one, but they wouldn't be afraid yep. to bring him in what they deemed the highest leverage or, you know, a non safe situation. Like they're a team that's always done that. So that could lead to opportunities for Brash too. even if Munoz does turn it around.
2: All right, moving back to a hitter, Jake Berger, who we've highlighted, Steve, as is, is one throughout the season, along with the rest of the industry. It's been a breakout, but he is on a heater now with the Marlins, a 13-game hitting streak. As long as he kept that going tonight, uh, 0 for 4. So he busted mm. the 13-game-hitting the yep. streak jinxed. <laughs> so Berger, like, all of a sudden we look, he's got 27 home runs. But really, it's all about the hot hand lately. Uh, the past month, six home runs, a 10 OPS. And this is really interesting for Berger. Like, it, it's a guy who obviously offers pop, still just 47% roster, despite being kind of this you know, super slugger uh, throughout the season just to kind of, he he almost won out compared to uh, Jack Sawinski on like who the surprise pop story of the year is. Um, But Berger, what what I've been interested in is it looks like the strikeout rate is getting better and better, uh, which gives me some long-term like future hope. But uh, talk to me about Berger. It seems like a, a really good one to kind of bolster power going into head-to-head playoffs?
1: Berger is like Max Muncie or Kyle Schwarber with 40 more points of average this year. Like, yeah. you know, I wasn't surprised by the fact that he has 27 homers. Like, I know the power is there and he went on you know, several power binges uh, this year. But what did surprise me is the fact that he's hitting 241. Like, how is he rostered in just 69% of fan leagues? Like, Max Muncy's, like, close to 100%, right? Uh, nothing against Max Muncy. Like, you know, we, we talked about him relatively recently that we like him um, mm-hmm. more than uh, what his stat line for this year indicates. But, like, he has the BABIP on the side. He's improving the K rate. Like, he crushes the ball. Um, he is on the top of, like, every barrel list, this. So, um, yeah, Berger should absolutely be rostered in a lot more places than he is um and
2: so playing isn't going to kill you in
1: average an average
2: No yeah Sorry. yeah you're right um no jump, jumping in if you don't mind cuz yeah, you're right that I mean the average in August he's hitting 347 uh July it looked worse but the, his worst month by far was June with the 146 average mm-hmm. he hit close to 300 in May so he's had months where he looks like really like a, a fantasy stud Strikeout rate in June, that worst month, 40% strikeout rate. In July, 26.4. In August, 19%. Yeah. So, like, that is exactly what I'm hoping to see in terms of, like, just overall player development to where now we're talking about a guy that could really turn a corner in terms of power and plate discipline, and he's just 27 years old. Uh, Yeah, with the Marlins, like, he's been hitting... Uh, fourth or fifth in the order all the time so like this could be a really sneaky sleeper at third base assuming his you know draft price kind of stays low just because i think people have him pegged as like a 35 percent strikeout guy so very interested there
1: yeah I, i i agree i think that he is a guy that belongs with the you know heavily rostered players we talked about in the beginning of the show that we have interest in next year, too. Um, There's been some really, really good months for Berger, and that strikeout rate uh, is super impressive and has definitely got my interest.
2: Okay, let's move to a a little two-pack here with the Tampa Bay Rays, Steve. Uh, The first one's Harold Ramirez, which he, he was who I had in mind at the start of the show when I was talking about... Kind of glue pieces for you. He's hitting 400 over the past month. Uh, he doesn't play every day, but he, he'll play like eight out of 10. And yeah, you can't argue with the season line a 305 average, a 792 OPS, just nine homers. But if you know what you're signing up for, he's been hitting third in the lineup lately. Um, so Harold Ramirez has my attention. And then the other one is Oslavis Vasabe, who this yeah i mean obviously in light of kind of the difficult and awful situation potentially uh he's kind of been the the silver lining for the rays where he debuted and he's looked really good he's hitting 300 had a grand slam on tuesday super fast uh the the chink in the armor for basabe is a lot of ground balls but with that pace uh both of these guys are kind of interesting to me in different ways. So what are your thoughts on Ramirez and Basabe here?
1: Yeah, I, I think the fact that the Rays have has me interested. How Ramirez, I think, has been a great play all year, like for average and you know, part of a great offense that's starting to heat up again. Um and just you know, is is a solid contributor all around. Basabe The fact that, you know, the Rays have all these prospects and Curtis Mead and a bunch of guys that could play in short, like the fact that he came up and like started right away and became their choice at shortstop should be reason enough uh, for you to be interested. Um, So, yeah, I I think that Basabe is going to play mostly every day. They clearly like his defense um, and being a part of that lineup and having some pop, like if there's a team that, you know, be- turned Yandy Diaz into, you know, a fifteen to twenty homer hitter after he, you know, pounded the girl- ball into the ground for his whole life. Um, I-, I have faith in the Rays getting the most out of Basabe uh, while he has this role. Um, so definitely should be on um, rosters here for the stretch run.
2: Yeah, and Basabe. I mean, the one thing is, it looks like he's had, you know, some some strikeout issues since he's been up. I'm just curious where he's been at in the minors on a K-rate. Like, is he a was he a mid-20s guy? Let's see. Oh, no. I mean, most of the time kind of up and down, but it looks like recently uh, 15%, 10%, 15%. So, yeah, I think the plate discipline should hopefully level out a little bit. It looks like they had him projected at like a 17% in the majors, but it's been at 25%. So, probably just adjusting. So, yeah, overall, I really like it for, for both of these. It's just Ramirez is a little bit more of a glue piece, and Basabi, I think, is, is going to offer speed and a, a little bit more of an upside there. Uh, we'll keep rolling, Steve. Logan Ohapi, man, we were so bummed at the start of the year when he got injured because he was looking like, you know, rookie of the year type of uh, run that he was on. Um, he homered on Tuesday. He's been up for about a week, some scratches in there. Um Logan Ohapi feels like a really good one to where if you've got like a Jonah Heim and he hasn't been the same since he's been injured uh, and coming back, like these are the types of moves that you can look at in a week to week uh, scale in a way. And and I think Ohapi is an interesting one. I added him and dropped Henry Davis in my home league, for example. Um, So yeah, Ohapi could be warming up and usually hitting in the middle part of that angels lineup. So should have some RBI opportunities, uh, thoughts on Ohapi, Steve.
1: Yeah. I, I think that we were interested in him for, you know, all the right reasons, uh, in, in the early season, the batted ball metrics were amazing. Um, sure. There's some swing and miss in his game, but, um, you know, he's got now five homers and 74 plate appearances since he's been in the big leagues, uh, and I think that you know he is kind of like the wide awake catcher sleeper for dynasty leagues and for next year like I think there's going to be a lot of people that are comfortable with Ohapi as their first catcher um, next year just because he mashes the ball um and you know it, it's always tough coming back from an injury like his with the shoulder I believe it was um, but the fact that he's homered already um is encouraging and you know uh this guy can barrel up the baseball so for a guy that has a fit, close to 15 percent barrel rate uh in, in that like you know the 50 batted ball sample he's at 48 this year um we like to see that uh i could see ohapi being a guy that could have another run like he did in the beginning of the year where he hit four homers and what like 50 plate appearances or so <laughs> um, yeah so uh, I would not be surprised if that came uh, in the end of August or September for him.
2: Yep. Yep. Here, here's to the walk rate returning. Cause all through the minors, yes. that was a really good part of his game. And he's had a 25% strikeout rate and just a 5.6% walk rate. Granted, we're talking about 20 games in the majors, uh, at least this year. So yeah, that would be great. It'd uh, make me feel a little bit better about, you know, some on base percentage points, leagues, things like that for Ohapi, but uh, we'll keep rolling. Steve, talk to me about some of these Rockies hitters. It's kind of our soft segue into the, the final segment of the show where we're looking at scheduling. They got some home games coming up uh rest of the way. I know you called out in the rundown 20 home games versus 12 road games after the end of this week. What Rockies hitters are, are you interested in um, and why?
1: Um, I would basically be interested in pretty much Any of them who start mostly every day because of the schedule. And the guys like that who are going to be available are Ezekiel Tovar, Brendan Rodgers, and maybe Nolan Jones. There's been a lot of swing and miss in Nolan Jones games, uh, especially recently. But um, that might lead to him being available. Um, But he's still providing some homework and some steals. But uh, Tovar, the past two weeks, uh, there was a seven-game homestand last week where he it's been good, I know, because I streamed him for that, and then dropped him when they were on the road all this week. Um, but hey, if he has 20 home games, that's good. He's been a really good hitter at home, and is, you know, growing his game to the prospect that we hoped uh, um, after a slow start um, for the Rockies in, in April and May. Um, Brendan Rodgers is another name who should be really available, um, it's been kind of slow since uh, slow overall since um, coming back from injury. Um, really but since over the, the last, beginning of time yeah, for Rodgers, yeah, it's been yeah, slow. <laughs> yeah, it, it has, but he's got seven RBIs over the past week. I think his OPS is close to like 850 over the last seven games too. Um, but, hey, it's a cheap way to get exposure to cores, and Brandon Rodgers is like the definition of a post-hype prospect. So um, yep. there you go for some s- s- sneak peek into our next segment, the, the schedule targets with, with your Rockies hitters, because well, they have did, 20 home have, games after this week.
2: Yeah, yeah, and they're not one of the five teams that we're going to break down for the best schedules and, and who you might be able to look at to help your team, but we'll get into all five after this ad break. We'll be right back.
3: Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
2: Okay, so Steve, uh, save the best for first here. The White Sox have just an insane schedule lined up uh, to rattle them off super quick. Oakland at Baltimore, Detroit at Kansas City at Detroit, Kansas City, Minnesota at Washington, at Boston, at Arizona. But that's very end of September for those last two. So, wow, it's pretty much like seven out of eight are what you would call like nice matchups. Uh, So what White Sox hitters uh, are, are you interested in? Anyone kind of jumping out that might be widely available? Uh, the first
1: name that came to mind was Oscar Kolos. Um Like a pretty big prospect that we were excited about when he broke camp. Got off to a slow start. We missed on him. Yeah. 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 Um, and he's been pretty good recently. He was three for four tonight on Wednesday. Um, has a six-game hitting streak. Um, has three homers and four steals in his uh, 200 at-bats. Um, that's including you know, a really, really tough stretch to start the season after he made uh, the, the roster at, at, a, at a spring training, so um, Colas should be available, he's owned in just, a roster in just 51% of Fantrax League, so definitely should be out there um, and a 765 OPS over, over his last, last week, so maybe
2: starting to heat up. Yeah, the pop should be there, he always hit more in the minors, so yeah, that's uh, that's a good name there. Uh, I'll throw Elvis Andrus into the the hat yep. as well. I great was, call. I was happy of uh, jumping on on the wire with Adam called out Andrus and was really hoping I didn't uh, swing and miss on that one, but he took advantage of the Anderson uh, situation. And I mean, now he's still, uh, you know, most games hitting near the top of the order. Uh, he had a steal tonight. And even at age 34, he's got 10 steals so far this season, and in the past month, hitting 324 with an 840 OPS. So, Andre is just 18% rostered in Yahoo, so an, another good one there. If he's available, is kind of a glue piece to uh, just kind of Tony Kemp it for your roster down the home stretch here. Uh, Detroit is our second team that has really favorable matchups you got to skip this Houston one but after that we got the Yankees at the White Sox at the Yankees the White Sox again home against Cincinnati then there's a couple that are a little bit troubling with the Angels and the Dodgers but then they end the season at Oakland and home against the Royals anybody Steve for Detroit that we're looking to target other than the obvious Torkelson and Carpenter we talked about earlier
1: you got to skip his first start because it's versus Houston, but Alex Vado has been pretty good over the last um, three starts for him, which has been 15.2 innings pitched, an 8.62 strikeout per nine, and just a 287 ERA. Um, so he's been good. Those starts have come against uh, Chicago, the Cubs, Minnesota, and Minnesota. Minnesota does strike out a lot, I think, they're the most in, in the league, so take that with a grain of salt. But, I mean, he's been generally pretty good other than, you know, um, the, his first start back from injury on July 7th when he gave up seven runs. He hasn't given up more than three earned runs in any of his uh, four starts since then. So, um, it's... Pretty filthy it's, slider. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's yeah. one of those where, some prospect There was some prospect type with him, right? And, yeah, the fastball, the slider's nasty, so... Um, definitely a guy worth streaming, especially like versus the White Sox, um, versus uh, at at, Oak, at Oakland, or even at the Yankees. Um, you know, when Judge isn't hitting three homers a night like he did tonight. But um, <laughs> hey, uh, I, I'd still target that team. Um, and Detroit's got a pretty good schedule.
2: Yep. Yeah, and they play the Astros first. Like you mentioned, the Astros are, are the third team who have a really nice-looking lineup uh, in terms of opponents at Detroit, at Boston, home against New York. Then you got at the Rangers and the Padres, so a couple tough ones. Then it goes Oakland at Kansas City, Baltimore and Kansas City again. And, Steve, J.P. France is suddenly, like, the reliable source of pitching in Houston, which is pretty crazy. Uh, I think I saw something that he would have, like, the the first or second lowest ERA in the AL if he qualified. He's at 108 innings, uh, just 80 strikeouts on the season, but a 2.75 ERA, a 121 whip. We've talked about France all season. I think, to your credit, I was kind of questioning, like, is this just a Toby in a way, or is there anything here? Probably because of the strikeouts, but he just continues to get it done, and recently he had seven strikeouts in six innings against the Mariners, another team that can strike out. But, hey, you'll take it. 80-grade um, mustache. What do we think of J.P. France? He is
1: a quality start machine in quality starts leagues. He has been a godsend. He has 12 quality starts in 17 total starts. So, um, you know, I've been very thankful that I have him in a, in a, in a quality start league. Um mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, the the strikeouts aren't amazing, but everything else about his surface number yeah, his surface numbers are really good. Um and you know, uh with with Houston there's always room for um strikeout improvement and like pitcher development. Um so it's a great place to be as a pitcher and the results have been great and they should be, you know, uh carried out even more. It, it might be a guy that's on, on wires because he doesn't strike out guys and, and may have some tough matchups that he's just streamed for. So um, I, I really like J.P. France uh, for the rest of the season and probably for, for next year, too. Uh, like a 28-year-old guy, I think just debuted this year. Um, it's really good the spin Astros. on the fastball. Yeah, the
2: Astros. Yeah. like The Velo's not horrible. Um it's interesting you say that. Though. I mean, I think the Astros for me is kind of like the, uh, you know, you, you throw your arms up and you're. Like, it's kind of like Cleveland. You you just never know what they're going to develop. But what the point I was going to make is, I almost trust guys like this more. In this season than I do going into next year, yes, in a way. Yes. Like, it, you know, there's always the Ranger Suarez or, like, the t- Tyler Anderson or somebody that it's just, like, it's working for them. And you can kind of guess that the results will—I mean, it's always a gamble, but just kind of hope that the results continue to to stay solid. Now, if we find out that he's, you know, been working on secondary pitches or anything like that in the offseason, I'll be more interested— but i think there's something about rhythm and just being in a groove in the middle of the season where it's more trustworthy now so soft analysis but i i feel like there's enough examples where that that tends to happen
1: yeah know. definitely i mean the the strikeout minus walk rate isn't great um the swing strike rate isn't great everything like long term is like not telling you this is like a a breakout strikeout guy waiting to happen but you know there's enough sample in season like you said to just sort of roll with it and I think for at least that um I'm in Uh, and yeah if he wasn't on Houston it would be sort of like a more of like a Ranger suarez type uh interest for me um but hey Ranger Suarez has provided some value more than just that one run in what the end of 2021 too so uh, easy to overlook these guys uh. yeah
2: definitely and you forget that they can they can take steps forward too yeah. so that's France uh 69% rostered there and uh nice segue to Kenta Maeda, who's 63% rostered uh the Twins in general it starts a a, a little bit tougher um for, for Maeda, but they, they got uh, Texas, Cleveland, at Texas, at Cleveland, home against the Mets, then home against the Rays. Really, this is more for me like a, a mid-late September target because they end the season at the White Sox, at Cincinnati, home against the Angels, home against Oakland, and then at Coors. Uh, so, yeah, some stuff there for Maeda. I know, Steve, we've kind of been in and out of interest with him. And then the other one you wanted to, to highlight was Royce Royce Lewis, who we've always loved. Um, but talk to me about these two and, and kind of implications rest of the way.
1: Yeah, Maeda's been pretty good since he came back from uh, injury, like the second time. So like his second stint since he's been back. Basically, um, since around the, the All-Star break, um, he's pitched six innings in a bunch of games, had, you know, Nine strikeout game, eight strikeout game, two seven strikeout games, and even though he's given up three earned runs and hasn't gone six in the last uh, two starts, uh, he's still gotten six Ks and just walked uh, in each and just walked three batters. So, um, yeah, there, there's there's been some home runs and there's always home runs in his game, but the stuff looks as good as it did, you know, when we were interested in him coming back from Tommy John had you know. Uh, a few really good strikeout games at least in the beginning of the season when he was on a bit of a pitch count and going only 5 innings but it looks to be like he's past that arm fatigue and you know past the injuries that uh i i really like him for the for the end of the season and then for next year even more because like you know the, the old cliche that you want to buy a pitcher like the year after Tommy John um that he yeah. that he comes back like not the first year that he, that he's pitching games but then the second year so um I think it's a sneaky play for next year if people are sort of out and don't realize how good he's been over the last uh of the month of July and August. So um great target if he's available, uh, with some good matchups. worse Lewis like all he has to do is stay healthy. Like he hit his first home run since he came back um today. Um adding the steal. Um, the the surface numbers are okay and might lead you to believe that he could still be out there because he's hitting just 273 the 724 OPS. It's coming back, but he mashes the ball. Like all of the quality contract metrics have always been good. It just matters staying healthy and knock on wood for Royce Lewis. Uh, hopefully this is it. And, uh, with that schedule capped off with like a trip to Coors at the end. Like I could see Royce Lewis, uh, you know, uh, being a guy that would carry a lot of teams here in September.
2: Yeah. Love, love his game. I'm, really hoping we we see healthy Royce Lewis for the, for a full season next year. Um yeah, he's he's fun to watch and it has looked good since he's been back. So really uh cheering for that one too, Steve. He's rostered in the 30% area for for Yahoo. Um and and brings us to our final one, which is Seth Lugo, rostered in 42% of, of Yahoo leagues and Lugo is coming off of a really good start today as we record this, uh, against the Marlins, six innings, a win, four strikeouts, unearned or zero earned runs and a 0.67 whip. Uh, yeah, that makes two shutouts in his last couple outings, Steve. And obviously, uh, it's been kind of frustrating for the Padres all season. But when you look at Lugo overall, sub four ERA on the season, about a strikeout per inning, um, To me, I think he's just north of that, like, waiver wire fodder streamer category. Like, I think this is a solid back end of the rotation arm. Um, And in terms of their schedules, uh, it's a little bit rough kind of in the next few weeks. They got a road stint against the Astros, against the Dodgers. But then they got at Oakland, home against Colorado, uh, home against the Cardinals, and then at the Giants, at the White Sox. So, uh, kind of a nice runway there for Lugo to to pull that ERA down a little bit more, and and try to get up around you know one thirty innings, which is what you're hoping for with Lugo. But talk to me about the the potential here. You think for a guy that had so much stuff, kind of a, as a long reliever, uh, do you think there's some upside here for Lugo?
1: I think so, and I think it's kind of looks like what the overall line looks like for Lugo, which is which is pretty good, like a strikeout per nine, like mid three. I3's ERA. You know, uh, I think that's like a team streamer, more of a, a holly than a Toby, um, mm-hmm. what what Nick Paula calls them. So um, my question is, how are the, the Padres getting this out of Seth Lugo, like, you know, really solid 100 innings or so, and then a sub-3 ERA with a 107 whip from Michael Waka in 96 innings, and how are they still not good? It just does not make any sense it's
2: all been off i mean even snell dude we haven't talked about a lot of these uh guys we spent the whole off season because we're usually going for like you know ads and yeah actionable stuff stuff, but but yeah snell with a a sub three era on the season um yeah it's just i mean i know we we have a board bet out there somewhere steve on the juan soto and I, i thought i looked like a fool at first but soto still just hitting 259 24 homers. I mean, I know with the the amount of walks, like his OBP and OPS looks great, but I think they're just hoping hoping for more out of a lot of guys like, you know, Machado, it's been up and down uh just 249 on the season. So, Even Tatis
1: yeah, it's, it's been a little bit disappointing yeah, for exactly. for his first year back, yeah.
2: Yeah. So it, it mean, hasn't been the back
1: end of the pitching. It hasn't been the pitching really overall. Darvish has been Pretty good, I know Musgrove was hurt, right? But uh, hasn't been All the starters right. at least.
2: Yeah. So for the um, Padres, just looking, so they're five and a half games out of the wild yeah. card. So it's yeah. like not unfathomable, but they really need to go on a run. Um, yeah. It'll it'll be it'll be interesting to watch this this showdown. There, there's some good wild card races, uh, and, and yeah, end of year we'll have to do like some sort of a. A true MLB team one, you know, like the yeah, playoff yeah. things to watch for fantasy purposes or something yeah, like that. So for sure, sounds good uh, for me. love it, dude. Well, how's the matchup before we wrap here? How's the matchup looking this week for you? Um,
1: so far so good. I'm not uh not about to touch the money or anything like that. But um, a lot of guys we talked about, uh, which have led to you know uh, my turnaround: Kerry uh, Carpenter, Ozuna, Jazz McCormick, Isaac Paredes have been good, so um, you know even guys like Trey Turner have been much better uh, in the last month uh, or in two weeks or so too. So um, hanging on there, and you know uh, I may have to buy a Cole Reagan jersey if he keeps this up. So hopefully he does.
2: Yep, love it, it is uh, the wide awake sleeper for sure, so thank you guys for joining us, uh, as always you guys can follow us on Twitter at pod. I'm at van underscore verified, Steve is at stav8818 please go out and give us a little rating and review guys, always appreciated this time of year, if you're listening this late uh, we'd consider you a die hard fan, so uh, would love if you could throw us a rating they go a long way for us, so Thank you for, for tuning in. We'll be back next Thursday and every Thursday the rest of the season. But that wraps us up for episode 114. Thanks for talking baseball with us.
1: Thanks, guys. Good luck uh, in the playoffs and in the home stretch.
2: Yeah, good luck, everybody.